I was in meditation the other day and they asked me like, you know, um, I want you to center yourself and focus on who you ultimately want to be and and I'm like, you know, omen and really just like in it and all this shit. And for whatever reason, CD Girl started playing. It was like, they was like, well, who do you want to be? And I was like, real ass bitch, give a fuck about these niggas. And the whole song just started playing during meditation in my head. I was like, you goddamn City Girls fucking ruin everything. They're amazing. I appreciate them. Did you see where they're coming out with more music and stuff? Yes, I did see the photos with them in the booth. I'm ready. I'm hella ready. I think I'm over it. I think for me, because there was like this little... It was too long of a gap where I was able to really enjoy other people more. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I'm all for scamming. Don't get me wrong. I said this time and time again, I'm a scamming ass bitch to the the death of me. However, is other people scamming a lot better than they are? One scam themselves in a jail. And yet, in Miami's case, she's scamming niggas out of at least 18 years worth of financial support. So I get it. But it's just like, y'all take scamming too. I'm more of a Joanna scammer level. Like... I'm going to scam you into thinking I'm an aristocrat. I'm not going to scam myself into being a baby mama. True. That doesn't sound like fun. I don't see Miami wearing any any fur coats. I see Joanne wearing fur coats nonstop. It's hot in Miami. But I get what you're saying. It's hot in Miami? Bitch, let me be frank with you. I, when you really want to wear a floor-length fur, it does not fucking matter what the weather is. I have walked through motherfucking airports with a full-blown fur coat from St. Louis to come to Atlanta, where it was much warmer than St. Louis. When you want to wear a fur coat, it ain't no, it's nothing stopping you. Not a, not a overheat, not an exhaustion, not a blackout, not a nothing, bitch. The fur coat overrides any climate. I have a fox fur coat. And I do wear it when it's a little nippy out. Or, mostly where it's nippy out. But I do wear that bitch. I need another one. But as my fur coat wearing grandfather would say, you could fill a shot glass with what you see and still have room for the drink. So, do you, bitch. Welcome, welcome back to the Catnip Podcast. It's ice, it rains, your... Kitty, that's just doing every fucking thing this week. But we making it through. Listen, I regret. I am Lexi, your favorite cat lady. And I regret growing up. I am in full regret of being an adult. I would like to go back to my room. I want to turn in my homework to my math class. I want to worry about Nelly's latest release I want to I want to undo all of this shit <laughs> bitches, tired. bitches are tired and if you're listening to us I'm sure you're tired too because I know ain't nobody doing what I'm doing in 24 hours to be this tired so whatever you're doing in 24 hours to be this tired bitch you deserve a nap too just do what you gotta do 
And tonight we are bringing you the last, the remnants of our energy from this week, even though it's we're technically recording on Monday, we're already burnt out for the rest of this week. So just bear with a bitch, okay? Girl, we tired, tired, but we good though. We here, blessed, it's a new day, all that good shit. It's gorgeous. All that good shit. And I'll tell you this, if you feeling tired, relaxing that shit take i will if you if you even if you have to like write out a list of the things that you're doing that is making you tired because that shit is gonna impress the fuck out of you it really is it's really gonna shape and it's gonna humble you like in our last episode i had like an epiphany while we were recording and i was like bitch you asked for all of this <laughs> You're not tired because of anything else except for you wanting to be the person that you think you can be. The only thing wearing you out is your ambition. The only thing wearing you out is how much you plan your schedule. The only thing wearing you out essentially is you. So if you're looking for the person who's wearing you out and not in a good way, look in the mirror, bitch. It's probably you. Right. It's your ambitions and goals and dreams. And, and it's keeping us busy. So we're figuring out how to do it all. And... Keep it balanced and take care of ourselves. Oh, hey, boo. No, Idris. Daddy just walked through the building. Get your big ass down. That cat think he's still like a kitten. Like, my big cat, Idris, is easily like two feet, two and a half feet long. Almost three feet long. He's a big ass dude. But he's so light on his feet and quiet that I don't think he knows how big he is. Maybe he wasn't. You know what I mean? So, <sighs> get the big niggas out the way. Because all they're going to do is steal a body eat. Before I doze off, what's on the menu for tonight? Our V word for the day is vulnerable. It's important to be vulnerable with yourself okay. and with your support system so that they can shed light and provide you with resources. We grow while we're vulnerable. And vulnerable doesn't necessarily mean like you're fragile and like weakened. It's a, more of a space of honesty and being at a place where you can be honest. And sometimes we're at a lot with just day to day, it can be hard for us to be honest with ourselves. So it's always important to reflect. And again, like you grow in those areas and others, you get others to identify a room for personal growth. Or shed light on others as well. Yeah. What do you think about that? Um, vulnerability is a very strong characteristic because we are all out in society. We can only pretend to be perfect. We can only pretend to be okay. We can only be pretend to be in control only but so long. And a lot of the internal mental fires and mental misery and mental issues that we're having is because we're not having that honest conversation of I need help or I need support or I need somebody to talk to or I need whatever it is that we're missing. Vulnerability is that space where you can say to yourself and others like, yo, this is where I'm at. Like it's realistic, it's honest, it's raw and if you're vulnerable around the right people, it can create new opportunities. Cause like vulnerability, having that level of honesty, 
mixed with being assertive, mixed with being proactive, creates leadership and opportunities. It creates the solution to those problems. It's That's where we get these new inventions from. That's where we get these brand new businesses and these brand new opportunities and new legislation and new dialogue and new words and stuff by acknowledging that something isn't there that we need. So it's like, whether it's your professional life, whether it's your career, whether it's your diet, your budget, whatever area you feel like you are not as successful as you want to be, take that real hard, vulnerable time to address where you are so you can really define where you want to be. You know what I'm saying? So vulnerability, it accounts for a lot of shit. Um, And like, okay, especially person to person, vulnerability is important because you have to be able to communicate what you do and don't like. And in this world of text messaging, emailing, DMing, you know, everything except for face-to-face communication, we're missing a lot of the communication cues and skills that we need to effectively transfer information and to comprehend information. But if you won't even open up to yourself and say, I don't like this, I don't like that, how can you successfully get somebody else to understand what you don't like and what you need differently for them to shift their behavior as well. And it requires a lot of power inside of you to be able to do that. Some people feel like if they acknowledge their mistakes that they are like weak or that they're going to be judged and that they're this and they're that. And I'm going to be vulnerable with you. Bitch, we are all weak at some point. Some more, some less, whatever. You figure out where you stand on that. And you're going to need this opportunity in order to survive. Because even on our basic needs, we could be like, bitch, no, you hungry. No, you want some of that food. No, you ain't got no money. But you got too much pride to be like, bitch, let me get a fry. You know what I'm saying? It's like, bitch, you need to be vulnerable. I know you hungry. I can hear your stomach growling. You know what I'm saying? Be honest with yourself. <laughs> be honest with me. You look like Michael Jackson in Thriller. What are we going to do here? So have honest conversations. And so tonight we're going to look at lots of different ways we can be vulnerable and just what we can get out of it. Right. And you're right. Everybody can afford to be vulnerable certain moments. um, So many moments in time, because again, that's like where we grow from and just in a lot of areas of our lives. So recently take like introduce an interesting topic. So is that vulnerable? Let's let's review this. This is this right. Is let's let's see down because so basically what Tank said was if a man tries sucking dick like you know once or twice and decides he doesn't like it, that doesn't make him gay. It basically he's just trying it out. It's like you know what? Let me just sample it. Let me sample it. I'm not gonna buy it. Thank you, Kroger. Thank you, Publix, for that quick sample of wings. Um, but oh y'all don't go y'all don't get samples at try a few samples and then you know oh no things well tank decided like like i like the sam's club (laughs) exactly at the the costco i don't want to go down the rabbit hole but i love samples um but yeah so when it's time to dive to see if basically that conversation caused a lot of riff and rough especially within the black community because a lot of men riff and rough girl they was riffing 
and it was roughing about what Tank said. For real, for real. Like, I'm pretty sure if you haven't, you can go look at the comments, but you know, the shade room loves to post things like this. Um, but yeah, it's for, for real, for real. So what do you think about th that, Lexi, in terms of like men being more vulnerable? Da is Tank speaking for everybody? Like, Okay, I'm put it to you like this. This is the one time where patriarchal society played themselves because you really we built this society around men are supposed to do this and men are supposed to be this and men nigga you gay if you do this and nigga you this and you know where it's very structured and constricted on what a man is allowed to do with his person and with his body and with his penis and apparently with his mouth or anus for that matter and it's like realistically these are pleasure zones. Men like getting their dick sucked. The prostate is one of the most sensitive orgasmic areas for a man. Like, so the amount of constriction leaves no room for people, for men, especially black men, to explore how they want to feel or to choose their sexual orientation. It's like it's imposed on a lot of people. It's, and like, for women, especially me as a black, um, for, especially for me as a black bisexual woman I don't play by a lot of rules because I've decided I don't want to and they don't benefit me but there are a lot of people who don't have the tenacity to be able to play around rules and I feel like Tank is describing poorly describing let me be frank Tank is poorly fucking describing men's need to be able to be vulnerable and curious with their sexual orientation because let's be real Men out here fucking anything that assists still, okay? Let them, it ain't just women. You know what I'm saying? And if women get the opportunity to just hook up with a couple girls in college or high school or on, you know, the bridal vacation or whatever, then you definitely need to allow men to have that same vulnerability. And I feel like, yes, a man sucking a man's dick, I falls under the category of homosexuality but that doesn't mean that he went and printed the card out you know what i'm saying and that he has the, he's at the lgbtq rallies although tank does perform at the lgbtq concerts and things like that just throwing it out there but it does not i feel like it shouldn't carry the weight that it does but yet it still does so it's like one day we'll have that space to communicate and be open and allow other people to especially men to choose their own sexuality last thing i'm gonna add yeah. ladies some of y'all need to let y'all niggas be gay because they really are and it's embarrassing you by acting like you are with a heterosexual man knowing that you aren't for the sake of not being single it's a lot of them it's a lot of them. A lot of y'all bitches is beards and you don't know it. Or you know it and you're not vulnerable enough with yourself to admit it. So yes, you have to be vulnerable enough with yourself to be able to see a situation objectively. Because a lot of times when we are viewing situations, we're not looking at them objectively. And then when we go talk to somebody, whatever feedback they may give you, if it's something negative or aversive you don't want to hear you may just oh well so and so is acting like whatever and just write it off so 
you yourself have to be able to look at shit objectively enough to be like, okay, I played my part in this. I did X, Y, and Z, but right now I can take control by controlling my actions. You got to do something. Yeah. You're going to be held accountable. Yes. And I also feel like, like, okay. And I feel like vulnerability is accepting that this is exactly what this is. You know what I'm saying? Like, like back to the ladies being beards, like, boo, you just gonna have to accept that this is the type of man that you chose. And that's, oh, it doesn't make him a bad person. It don't mean he's not gonna take the trash out. It don't mean he's not going take you on vacations and treat you good and do the things that like people are supposed to do in relationships. However, you guys disperse those roles. What it does mean is that you need to be honest with the fact that there are things about him that may not be what you have in mind and you gotta just be okay with that and I think especially in personal relationships love relationships things like that love is for everything you don't like about another person and I, because I feel like we lack so much love and like like we just lack the connection emotionally that I feel like people used to have we aren't allowing ourselves to be vulnerable because we don't feel like there's any safety net should we not be on that shit all the time so it's like vulnerability within your community should be based upon love like I know this person ultimately loves me I'm not gonna always say the right thing I'm not gonna always do the right thing but they're gonna still be there for me even when I'm not at my quote-unquote best you know so take it with a grain of salt tank either say you gay or say you not you know because my, my I don't feel like you're being vulnerable. I feel like you're tiptoeing around some really big shit in your life. And it's your personal life. And I feel like if you feel like it's so personal that you don't need to communicate about it, then you don't need to just be throwing dicks in people's mouths and saying that's cool because it don't mean nothing in the grand scheme. If a girl sucks a dude's dick, she is, especially a black girl, if a black girl sucks a dude's dick and people find out, they're going to judge the shit out that girl. But one, the other whole niggas gonna be lined up trying to get their dick sucked too. Girls gonna be talking shit about them. And then in public, everybody gonna be calling her a hoe this, that, and the third. So it's like, if we... You can't just be throwing dicks in people's mouths all willy-nilly like that, Tank. That's all I'm saying. You gotta ask them first. And you know what? Like, yeah, everybody's gonna have to be vulnerable and open with themselves. And I understand, like, a lot of times we don't want to be vulnerable because it's a coping mechanism. We have had instances where we've tried to be vulnerable or we felt like we were being vulnerable and it was not a positive experience. But we are not able to just move forward and keep holding on to these negative thoughts. Like, you have to give it another try. Mm -hmm. Right. And it, it takes time. It takes time. This is a muscle. Like, what we want you guys to start doing is building up your mental muscles. Everything, every experience that you're fearful of or uncomfortable with is an emotional muscle to build. It's a mental muscle. It's a character muscle of things that you got to sharpen and repeatedly do until you're comfortable and successful with it. And vulnerability falls right the fuck in there. How many relationships have you ruined because of pride? How many misunderstandings have blown have been blown out of proportion because nobody ever said, yo, I fucked up. Or yo, I didn't get it the way you got it. Or yo, I don't think we're on the same page. You know what I'm saying? So it's like vulnerability 
is a necessary tool to have in your life so that you can be successful. Because let's be clear, everything you hold inside of you is going to bottle up, fester, and you the one that's going to be having aneurysms on the bus station to Chicago or whatever the fuck you do with your life. You know what I'm saying? That was specific, I know. But like, shit like that happens on a regular basis because we're not managing our emotional lives and our emotional lives have an have an an incredible impact on everywhere else in our life when you holding on to shit like when you know it's a con like for me personally i know if it's a conversation piece that i don't need that i know i need to say but i haven't because i'm not ready or i don't feel comfortable or i'm hesitant my throat locks up i physically feel pain in my throat and chest when i know there are conversations that need to be had and i'm not doing it and as soon as i finish the conversation piece so does the pain in my throat Mm, right So build the muscles that you need to go to the gym, do your mental exercises, do all of that shit. And you know what? I feel like once you really practice that or once you feel like you're able to be vulnerable in spaces, it's kind of a turnoff to be like if you're dating, you're talking to somebody, if you see that they are not vulnerable. Like to me, it just shows like the lack of growth. And then, you know, you know, you know, my ass, I get into like not wanting to teach niggas for free. I mean, there's a whole movement of black women not doing free work because that's all people expect, expect black women to just labor for free. So I, that's all automatically what my, my mind goes to. I'm not laboring. I'm not teaching emotional wellness. I'm not getting paid to teach. Um, I mean, it's one thing if you're a <laughs> if you're if you're being patient and like someone else is patient with you, blah blah blah. But I'm just talking like in the dating talking stages. I don't be want that to me. That's that's a rare sign. But um, yeah, there's a lot of strength in being vulnerable. No, no. So recently I was telling Lexi that I think the the labeling, the grouping of like people of color is a bullshit phrase, term, label, whatever. But niggas don't do there when the shit really count. And like, yes, we're all people of color, so like meaning we're non-white. However, we all go through different issues, obviously, but to me, the term like people of color signifies this type of unity. And recently I've been in spaces where I don't receive that. Like, I don't really like receive that unity. I don't see it. Um, honestly, something like, I think I read this on in Black Twitter a while ago, but a lot of people will, you know, dance into tip tap, tiptoe up in black culture when it benefits them. And like, we see this with celebrities. The joke is always like when Justin Timberlake shaves his head, he's getting ready to do like a soul album or like do something with some black people. But we can, we can also just look at Miley Cyrus, how she's able to just flow back and forth, make a hip hop, then like denounce her hip hop stage and say she was immature and, you know, hip hop, you know, hip hop, whatever, just accepts her. She want to make another hit again. They're all good. Um, so I feel like people just, are able to use blackness whenever they want to. And I am in a lot of spaces where I'm the only black 
person and or a black woman. And so a lot of the times I feel as though I'm the one who has to speak up because I'll be in spaces and with other people of color and they're not speaking up for black people. However, the expectation is that like, oh, you're going to swoop in and take care of me because we all people of color, right? It's us against them, right? Listen. Listen. So that's what I've been like, yeah, really dealing with. And I've been blessed because I have really good friends. I can call up Lexi or my other boo, Christina or Mira, just other strong beautiful black women who've been able to navigate all different types of paths of life so it's very important that like I have this circle of people I can go and talk to and vent with or they can vent with me and I'm like damn bitch I'm going through the same shit that's real how do you feel about that Lexi well like I'm on the opposite end of that spectrum because in my industry I'm very rarely around people of non-color so it's like I'm I'm always around black women basically you know what I'm saying and that's, that's the career space that I built for myself and living in Atlanta like this is such a black ass city that it's like it, you know it's never more than three feet I'm never more than three feet away from another black woman so I don't necessarily experience that but I do find it weird when I do go outside of like my core communities that just the energy is different you know what I mean like the conversation is different and the expectations are different like I, I've always agreed with you like that the whole phrasing of people of color in my opinion is bullshit because my thing is this the phrase minorities doesn't apply anymore people of color is such a broad term that it doesn't carry it loses its credibility quickly for me because there are people that are like you know what I mean and I feel like we as a white I feel like even within itself that's a whitewashing term it's PC but it's still whitewashing because I could be black you could be African you could be Hispanic you could be Asian you could be Native American there are so many different like and it's still positioning us against whiteness which is still a social construct you know what I'm saying them motherfuckers are are the eighth you know eighth generation Ukrainians or whatever like everybody comes from somewhere different this is such a melting pot of a country that our positioning of our cultural experience is is positioned against whiteness so it's like it's either white or you're a person of color no first off i'm alexis second off i am i consider myself black because i don't have any direct ties to any african heritage from my genetics or whatnot so it's like call me exactly what i am because what I'm noticing, and I've had several experiences where I've been in mixed company, and there are people who I consider minorities and whatnot that have been rude as fuck and pissed me off. I'm like, you're not finna lump us in the same group because I wouldn't fuck with nobody like you. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I I remember being drunk in LA on one of my many roller coaster adventures that I'm typically on with one of my best friends, um, Nate. Shout out to Natural Nate. And 
we at this bar chilling and this gay Mexican man is basically trying to have a conversation about the word nigger with me and I'm like one this ain't bar talk two you are not the experience that darker skinned Mexicans and darker skinned Hispanics is real but what you are not going to do is assume that because you have been positioned near it from another perspective that is identical to what the Amer that to what black Americans have gone through and I told him I was like listen you're dealing with tired legs you're not dealing with the typical energetic militant um black panther Lexi she's sleepy but um you only got one more time to say nigga in front of me before I smash my drink over your head and I felt like that was me being vulnerable with them like one typically I would have cussed you out already Two, I still have enough energy left to fuck you up. I'm just giving you an opportunity to save yourself. Comprehension, you know. So it's like I've still been in positions where I've seen people of color, people of different racial perspectives and cultures and ethnicities still shit on black people. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's the part where I get pissed off because it's like the civil rights movement afforded opportunities for every person of color. You know what I'm saying? The civil rights movement the black women that were actively a part of the civil rights movement were the same women being drawn towards the women's rights movement. You know what I mean? It was black transgender women who helped initiate the LGBTQ initiatives. Like there are so many times where black people are the fucking path makers. And path we got a like the spirit of Harriet Tubman is just flowing through this fucking community and it's benefiting everybody else's community. But then y'all looking stupid when we like, nah, we need you to respect us right now too. And they're like, oh no, <laughs> I'm an American now. No bitch, just 20 minutes ago. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't working like that. Right. And just to add to that with the civil rights, uh, and just Brown versus the Board of Education, Black people were fighting to include special needs children. So meaning that they would be getting the needs and all the support they needed. Anybody who had to travel far for, um, for school, they would be getting like transportation support. And so I took a diversity class this summer and it was traumatic for me. Like I was in a room full of people of color and nobody was able to speak up for black people. Meaning when the subject of police brutality was brought up, the attitude was mostly the police have a hard time. So I was working through all that, summer, you know, trying not to cuss people out while I'm also explaining why black people deserve humanity. Crazy shit really is. Um, but while I sat in that class, I also learned other stuff. Like even just to call people like Asian, like they're Asian is big as fuck. And it's the same thing with black people. Like Lexi mentioned there, I mean, black people are global. We all over this planet. So like, even just to like, oh, it's a black person. Like I, they could be from a whole different motherfucking hemisphere. We got totally different accents, backgrounds. Like you just can't loop us all in. And I know someone right now is like, well, what about white people? Well, you also still benefit from the whiteness, no matter where the you're no. from. So you'll be fine. Let me jump in there real quick. Cause this is the shit that pissed me off about white people. And I'm not mad at white people for being white people. I'm mad at the fact that you have allowed a social construct which was initiated by the Bacon's Rebellion during during active slave periods where people who had come to this country 
were working as indentured servants and were treated like slaves, but still still treated better. You still want a nigga, but you want much from a nigga. But that rebellion where it was the immigrants and the um, indentured servants with the slaves fighting against the masters is the moment when they decided we need to call people white or black. Because before that, they were called Africans. They weren't called black slaves. So it's like... I don't think people are educated. I'm, I'm certain people are not educated enough to understand that your whole positioning as a quote unquote white person is an oppressive social construct that you have absorbed to enjoy the privileges of it. Because there are so many people who are French, who are European, who are Swedish. Uh, you know, I'm not going to run down this list of white looking countries or, you know, fair skinned countries. I'm not about to do all of that tonight. But my point is that you cannot, you are choosing not to identify with your culture because it benefits you to be white. Now, when you want to spice it up, add some seasoning, and that's when you become, oh, well, you know, my family is French too, and my family is such and such and such, but you call yourself white. So it's like, until we address that, the social construct of whiteness, everything around it is going to be muddy and dirty because you're positioning it as though the addition of color, the addition of culture, the addition of geographical heritage is somehow um, less than perfect than being white. It's, it's ridiculous and how race rules everything around us. Like, mm-hmm. anti-blackness is global. I've been in Paris and experienced racism. I mean, and there are so many black people. Absolutely. Yeah, so many black people have to consider, one, where the fuck they want to go, and two, like, if those people that they will see in that area are going to treat them humanely. Like, we have to be, oh, have you been there? Yes. How, how do they treat the black people? Like, it's a, it's a whole thing. So, like, so that's why... I just group all the whites together. Like, sure, great. I'm sure you there's some whatever up in there, but um, you will still be treated with your white privilege. So use that shit. Exactly. Exactly. It's just it's a weird conversation piece because I don't like I was reading this article recently where it was saying black children are educated about race and their positioning within race. As young as, like, I think the article said, like, three, two, three, four years old. Where in other races, they aren't even receiving these kind of conversations until, like, 10, 11, 13. You know what I mean? Where it's like, this is this is what this means. You know what I mean? So it's like, and I'm, I'm sure that's not a blanket statement. So I don't want to hear nobody report. Well, my mom told me I was white when I was two, bitch. I don't care. That's not what we're talking about. My point is, is that we are groomed to operate within race in a more defensive manner than any other culture is especially for the black community where we are groomed to operate in a defensive manner where we are groomed to worry about like the fact that other countries I remember when other countries were issuing a warning to go to the state of Missouri like that's where I'm from so it's like they telling you it's so bad for niggas in Missouri that if you go to their country, either go above it or below it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's crazy. Like, people are being groomed on how to interact because of of just accepted racism. And it, the, you don't see any type of justice being served. You don't see it 
being viewed as criminal things like that it's just it's crazy so let me ask you this have you seen the new tv show um the watchman okay let me tell you how regina king is spinning niggas on their necks so in this new crime show crime superhero show regina king is playing a superhero named sister night and it's on where basically white supremacy based upon the tulsa oklahoma um black wall street bombings and massacre genocide you insert whatever horrible words you'd like to in there and um girl she is beating white supremacist ass every episode she's snatching them by her neck they are being kicked around she's punching and kicking like it's just it's for me my mind is blown because i don't think i've ever seen a superhero context like that or one that benefits black people or one that creates a representation that we deserve justice against white supremacy and it's terrorism and it's crazy like it's really just it's really crazy out here yes I, I did enjoy Django because I won't watch like movies anymore I feel really bad because they just released this Harriet Tubman movie and y'all know how much I love Harriet Tubman that was my that was my auntie like if I could go and spend the night at anybody house I would have preferred to be like Harriet Tubman but like you were saying with Django like I love how we're reimagining and recreating how white supremacy should be addressed as opposed to how it actually is being addressed <laughs> right meaning that it is not apparently you know what um what's her name but this famous white lady actress she just released this netflix show called basically addressing her white privilege i'm about to look it up right now um and so i'd heard about it and i was like oh, okay well that's gonna be interesting and then i chatted with one of my homegirls and she said that so pissed her the fuck off. <laughs> so y'all gonna have to let me know what you think. Um, oh, it's Chelsea Chelsea Handler. Yeah. You know, Chelsea Handler been like advocating for a minute though. Been she has been av- advocating. So which is why I was very interested to watch it. Um so I just need to watch it and create my own opinion. But y'all gonna have to write in and let us know what you think. I agree. I agree. You definitely need to let us know what you think. Because I know I ain't the only person experiencing it. I know Sid ain't. Um, and you just got to be aware of shit. Definitely. Right. And like, not every moment is going to be a teaching moment. Because I feel like as soon as I leave the house, it's always my fucking teaching moment. But in those spaces where you can't address things... I would encourage you to do so. For me, like when I express myself, honestly, it's been rewarding. So I encourage others to do so. I encourage people to honor themselves and to really 
take each moment for what it is because you're not going to win all of the battles. I've been in situations where me being a black woman and acknowledging I was a black woman, whatever, whatever, and standing up for myself and my community backfired. And that's okay. It didn't kill me, but it's okay. Um, and we've had this conversation on our show before where it's like, you know, when it's a teachable moment by the intentions and the energy and the conversation of the person that you're with. I know when I'm in mixed company and I'm with like whiter friends and things like that, there are people that I could break. Like for one, I'm not surrounding myself purposely with anybody that I know I but ain't respecting my culture. But there are people who of course I enjoy their energy and we're from different races, whatnot. In those moments I get to decide like do I feel like breaking down why black women think it's trashy that other women of different races wear box braids? Sometimes I feel like it. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes seeing her scalp flare up and dry up and flake up because that hairstyle isn't good for her hair is retribution enough. You know what I'm saying? And then there are other times where it's like, no, bitch, the reason why this is an issue is because black women had to legally fight to be to look like themselves without chemicals in a professional environment so no you don't get to wear box braids because you're lazy you need to get up and do your hair you literally can let your hair dry and the funny thing about the box braids is like there's their scout not only isn't meant for it it isn't used to it and you're going from zero to a hundred real ass quick like that type of intensity and like I'm a, I'm a little black girl. Like, I've had braids my whole life. And, like, once I combed out my first set of locks and in the second pair of locks, I was getting braids. And even that, I had to, re- like, my scalp got re-familiarized with even the tightness of braids. But, you know, muscle memory. But if you've never had that before, because it's one thing to just get some, like, little cornrows, but it's a whole other thing to have to sit there and somebody go in and braid that like to get a whole ass head of box braids like our scalps aren't built the same way and so honestly like they I, I feel a lot of people take them down recent like they'll get them and they'll take them down within like two or three weeks and the point of getting braids is to have them long term at least for like six weeks that's like the standard okay 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 so as a hairstylist so many violations um <laughs> so many violations I cannot stand behind anybody wearing their hair and not cleansing their scalp for more than three weeks that's just by law I have to say that secondly genetically we all produce oil at a different rate and a different level of distribution right next our scalps our follicle buds Regardless of our, because we have in our, we're creating so many new, um, like, like our texture of our hair is changing because of how we're repopulating the earth, for lack of a better phrase. You know what I mean? Like, the more we have biracial children, the more different textures we're going to see because of genetic variances. I'm getting very scientific. Don't want to go all the way there. (laughs) Meanwhile... Our oil distribution is based upon the way our follicles are shaped. So if your follicles aren't shaped to produce curl, it's going to produce oil differently as well. So them just wearing box braids, knowing that they don't have the curl pattern to match it, 
is damaging their scalps, is damaging their follicles, is damaging their oil production, is damaging a lot of different things. And so it's like, like I said, like sometimes I just like to sit back and watch their hair just crumble to shit. And I think it's funny. And I laugh openly. And then there are times where it's like, come here, girl, let me talk to you because like um, this isn't professionally. I'm letting you know this is the safe thing for you. That's a good. And culturally, that's not look good on you anyway. That's a good difference to spot. Like, you got to know when to pick the battle. Not everything is going to be a teaching moment. And that would be exhausting as fuck. You're not getting paid to teach. Again, I do not want black women doing free labor. But when those moments, like Lexi said, you got to pull them to the side. Professionally, coast with it up. Do what you got to do. You know, and you not, like I said, pick your people. You don't have to fight every battle. Sometimes you just, you know, need to let shit just burn the way it needs to burn. And sometimes you feel compelled to have that conversation. You'll know when. Like, for instance, I had to have a conversation with one of the programs that I'm in right now. And... Like, I'm, I, I literally counted the amount of times I was overlooked, and I counted the amount of times that the other students were not being overlooked. And I had to pull my instructor to the side. And when I pulled them to the side, I let them know my discrepancy. And the first thing was, I'm so sorry. It wasn't this. It wasn't, and I, I, I said, I was like, hey, I don't believe that this is malicious intent. That's why I'm bringing it to your attention like this. If I thought it was a real issue, it would be in a formal email with your manager, CC. I know how to address shit when people ain't about to listen you know what i'm saying so it's like sis be ready for everything but i don't want people to feel like they just gotta always as black women girl be carefree you ain't gotta wear the burden of the community on your shoulders harriet did it for us you only just gotta you know niche specific you know pick the topic you want down the hill for and then you know carry that and you don't feel like you want to walk up that hill and die okay cool stay where you at and you know what this reminds me of two things that one tweet that says i wish i could just call in black for the day because like the world is exhausting can i just call work and be like sorry the weight of the world is too much on my blackness can i just and then also back to season one with the microaggression punch cards i would have been able to like cash that thing in like three four hundred times okay but it's cool I get it off my chest when I can, when it's appropriate, and when I code switch appropriately in the right settings. And don't code switch right. appropriately in the right settings. But shout out to the ancestors, because they really did pave the way. Like, they did so much for us. Like Lexi mentioned, they, they fought. They fought for us. They was riding around with fried chicken in the car. Like, they, they did everything. Uh, yeah. They did so much for us and paved the way. So, like, I hate when people say that, oh, the black millennials aren't thankful or aren't blah, blah, blah. Or even when dumbass black millennials will say, man, I couldn't have been a slave. Like, nigga, shut the fuck up. You're right. Harriet would have left you. You you was right. You would have been a slave that got shot. Or you wouldn't have been one of them real excited slaves like Samuel L. Jackson's character off of Django that was excited to have Massa and all of that shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I get some people don't always want to have to wear the black badge. Unfortunately, baby girl, your skin is the badge. 
I know you just want to be a regular American and watch, you know what I'm saying? Watch Lifetime movies on Saturdays after soccer practice or what the fuck ever. But you get to decide where you want to stand and what you want to do. But trust and believe there was people fighting against the ending of slavery just as much there were people fighting for the ending of slavery. You pick who you going to look like, who your ancestors are. Man, I just... So when I was in Georgia, like when I came home about, I guess two years ago, Christina was with me and it was like one of her first few times. And she was like, yo, let's go to a plantation. I was like, huh, all right, sure, whatever. Let's go to a plantation. And we went to two. The first one was like closed, but they let us like walk around. The rage I experienced, I wanted to burn it all down. Like something just overcame me. I never felt like a rage. I mean, like actually I felt like a rage one time I was driving, but I felt like a, just, I just felt hot all of a sudden. But spiritually she had every right to. And you know what? So then we go to the second plantation and do you know them bitches that's charging to get in? And not only that, they had like, they sold jams and pecans. No, I didn't buy any. But they also hosted like community classes. And I also wanted to just burn it down, what I did. And they gave us a tour of like the inside. It was some crazy wild shit, but um, it still, that still impacts us the motherfucking day. Let me be clear. I am, if you ever want to take a field trip with me, I am 100% not allowed to go to a plantation. I'm not. I don't even like to drive past houses that have like long white columns on over them or really big porches. Like all that shit pisses me off. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I ain't no motherfucking way. Like apartment, like when I moved, cause okay, obviously I'm from Missouri. I said that already. When I moved to Georgia and I saw that there are comp apartment complex, like colonial plantation, I wanted to burn that shit down so I knew I would have burned everything the spirit of Lisa Lopez would have flown right through me and I would have had to burn that shit down I know it I know it these are things you gotta know yourself I'm vulnerable with myself enough to know that I don't have enough social skills or grace to not wanna to not wanna do stuff like that so like shout out to the answers the ancestors because they really would pave the way so many different things the recipes they did what they had to do to get by in that motherfucking time internally grateful listen internally grateful and you know what I'm always grateful for my ancestors like every day and I want us to like kind of fuck with that for a second like Genetically, we may not be related to the ancestors that impacted us the most, but they did that shit still for you. So if ever you feel like, ain't nobody looking out for me, ain't nobody this, no, no. No, you may not have workers and people volunteering to do menial tasks with you, but there are people who have lived their lives and endure hardships and trials and have been the first of, of whatever, or the first black girls to walk into schools or the first women to work at NASA or the first black women to do all of the many things that the first black women have already done. They did that shit so that when I said I want to start a business, I could do it without fear. 
Like, I know if one person could do it, two people could do it. So my 90 million thighs, I know I definitely can. You know what I'm saying? Let that encourage you. And especially for like transplants and people who aren't close with their family or, you know, just genuinely feel more independent than they want to be. Those ancestors may not be your genetic family members, but they did it for your benefit. They still loved you enough and loved this world enough and loved our culture enough to do the things that they did so you can do the things that you want. And I know like through my transition recently, because when I tell you I'm a melting fucking butterfly right now, I am a gooey ass cocoon of a butterfly. But in this space, I'm really paying attention to who actually is looked out for me and how. And it brings me to tears sometimes to realize like there are so many dope women who I'm not related to that I have no genetics with that go so fucking hard for me and that value me and pump me up and think I'm this whatever the fuck they telling other people because anyway but it's like never forget you are never alone never forget that you are not the only one never forget never just absorb that negativity that you're isolated because there are people who have had to endure death in order for you to try so shout out to our ancestors I'm hella grateful for my I personally feel like Maya Angelou Harriet Tubman, but it's so many black women that I feel spiritually and emotionally connected to that aren't my family. And they, the fact that they exist gives me more, like that. that's all that motivation I can, I have or that I need some days to keep going. So count the right people in. Man, shout out to black women, for real, for real. Like just the pioneers of fucking Like uh, two of my really good girlfriends I connected with um, on Black Twitter, I met them in Oakland, and yeah, they're just two dope ass women. And one of them, shout out to Nana Chisara. She does a lot of um, a lot of like work in DC, organizing, protesting. Um, she's a whole ass lawyer, like poet, like everything. So she's hella dope. Uh, but she had this Black Girl Brunch went maybe like my first year of me being in the Bay and it was so dope I showed up and with me and one of my other girlfriends and there were 30 black girls there it was hot (laughs) it was also in San Jose so it was just hot as hell but we were drinking we played games and Nana asked all of us to go around introduce ourselves and tell a story about our grandmas and it was actually really powerful just to see like everyone's different story, see the similarities. Um, and that's one thing I truly miss about Oakland was the community of black women that I built or that I was embraced into. I'd say that. I feel like it was always there. I just kind of walked through. I love the black girl community. Like, like I said, I'm kind of in an isolated little utopia being a hairstylist because I get to see so many powerful adult black women every day. That is just like, I love black women energy. Don't nobody do that shit how we do that shit. Ain't nobody else walking in the salon with 4C, 5R hair and walking out bundles later. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can do any hairstyle I want to. I can... 
I can do anything I put my mind to. I can overcome anything that's troubling me. I can do any, like, the tenacity within black women just... Girl, it just, it just, I am just over the moon, bitch. I just love it. When I hear my black clients come in and they finishing up degrees and they are starting new jobs and they're creating new jobs or they're starting families or they traveling. Girl, my client just came back from um, Egypt and Abu Dhabi and just all over Dubai and just all over these, like these grand things with their life. And they single ass black women. Amazing, amazing, beautiful black women. Girl, five grandmamas before this was slaves, and bitch, you out in Abu Dhabi balling out? Like, that's motherfucking progress. You know what I'm saying? Like, bitch, you can't tell me about progress. And you know what I'm saying? Like, the way I see it in my community, it, like, I love it. Like, it it literally re-energizes me every chance I, I come in contact with it. Right. And I'm just so thankful. And like I mentioned, a lot of my time and space, I'm the only black woman in these places. And so on the weekends, I'm I'm in school and I just be so zapped when I need like when I'm so zapped of being the only black person, I need other black women. Like all like like now I've been like texting like my girlfriends like hey what you doing like we gotta go do something like I'm just exhausted I'm I'm tired of being the only black person in space I need to go just bitch let's go do something let's go let's do something like and that honestly listen we gotta get together and recharge our energy like for real. You really have to get together and recharge that black girl energy. Like, that's why I go to the strip club. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's why I go to the strip club. Because that's the place where you seeing black women just getting that bread. Like, bitch, I got this body. I got this mind. I'm going to get this money. And when the sun come up, I'm making moves. And I just giggle and throw cash at them. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, my God. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they really out here getting at how they live however and it's just black women ain't gotta do nothing but breathe for me to feel re-energized Cindy breathe I already feel better but for real like black women they just they recharge me and I always feel as though like alright well once I get this degree I'm gonna be up about this bitch headed back to Atlanta cause I just I, I'm tired of being like in spaces where I have to go retreat you know like what the fuck I gotta go retreat mm-hmm. just living in a space where they're just black women. And I'm not saying that adding black people to the equation like fixes everything, but what I am saying is I don't have to explain humanity. And I don't have to explain why black people need humanity and why that should be extended to us. To people of color who work in jobs, employments, where they work with other people. Like it's, ex- it's motherfucking exhausting y'all. So I always feel like, yeah, I'm just going to get this degree, head back to Atlanta so I can be back in Black Hollywood um, and just thrive. But I do like the water here, but bitch, I don't even go to the water. This shit's still on fire. (laughs) (laughs) I hope everybody is safe. That is not a... a, I hope everyone's safe from the fire because that's real. But Georgia's not on fire. But shit, I mean, listen, it's... It ain't nothing like being in your community. It ain't nothing like being around like-minded individuals. I think that's what pushed us to make this podcast so hard was because we wanted to create safer spaces for women who identify like we do. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, we ain't need another show about how to be a wife or how to catch a man or how to think like a man or how to, like, do everything else except for be a black fucking woman. Like, so, yes, this is what you need. This is that space where you get to be like, I'm so tired of whatever it is, of dot, dot, dot. All answers welcome. You know what I'm saying? Like, you need that refreshment. And I tell you what, ain't nothing in the world more refreshing than an old black woman calling you baby while she giving you a dessert. I'm sorry, nothing feels that. Nothing feels that good. Nothing feels better than a big hug from a black woman. I cry every time I, like one of my older lady clients hugs me because I'm just like, oh, this feels so wonderful. Because I'm not, I'm not a, I'm nowhere near any of my grandmothers. We don't have that kind of relationship. So like, that black woman, come here, baby girl. Oh, come here, sugar. Come here, baby. Come here, honey. Oh, come here, oh, or whatever. However, however they choose to dote over me. I live for that shit. It's an amazing feeling. So, again, shout out to black women. I think my birthday slash end of the semester gift for myself is going to be a one-day ticket. Several of my... I'm trying to go see Megan Thee Stallion to see if she's real or not. Because at this point, I feel like she's make-believe. Listen, I just... Like, between her... Like, between Rihanna's album and Meg Thee Stallion concerts, I just don't know what's real and what's not. I just don't know. I don't fucking know anymore. And I'm kind of over it. Um... Like, I just feel like Rihanna's leading me on. Bitch, if we not together... It's all a motherfucking lie. That's what it feels like. I feel like everybody is lying to me. And that's so rude because I really don't like when people lie. I'm buying all this makeup and yet I still look like a clown for believing you. So, like, as you guys already know at this point, like, I'm a super huge, like, TV movie fan. And it's not because of I'm bored. But it's because I love the way characters and stories and stuff are written and transferred from your imagination to a fucking television screen. Like, I remember getting so mad at Aquaman because I was like, this movie looks like so watery and blurry. And I was like, bitch, they don't have you can't actually film a movie underwater like they had to figure out how to make a movie underwater and that's like the the fact that it was like i'm annoyed because it wasn't underwater enough but it's like bitch that's not real you know what i'm saying but like i love the ideas and the concepts and the work and creativity and art of production in the entertainment industry but since i'm like just dick ryan black women tonight and gratefully um I just want I came up with my list of my favorite list of black women and why I love them so much. And it's because like no matter what role specific people are playing, they still have this air about this is the type of character that I am. So check this list out. There are just so many different types of black women we love and it's dope as fuck to see black actresses getting their motherfucking shine finally like they Mm -hmm. so like i appreciate being able to see all these different black women all these different hues i just recently watched this video uh of the director of girlfriends and she was saying how she had to really fight for to have tony 
to have a to have a dark a dark black woman on the show. At first, they're like, "No, why don't we you know, go go with someone lighter?" She's like, "No, we're not going to have a show about black women and not have like a dark consistent there." The show cannot touch living single. Period. And I wasn't even going to argue that. That is the truth. Fact of the matter. Fight me in the parking lot. But what I do appreciate, especially about Tony, despite the fact that I hate... Because I watched it. Don't get me wrong. I just... I mean, I've seen some episodes or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it can tempt or whatever. Right. I have no choice. What else am I supposed to watch? Real World. And I watched that too. But anyway... um, what I loved about the fact that that show is that Tony was the most uppity character on the show. Like, if anybody displayed privilege on that show, I love that they positioned the darkest woman on the show to be that kind of bougie, uppity, um, whatever that, whatever character she played. I think that's so dope because they don't offer that opportunity to black women across the board. Right? Dark skin and I'm stuck up. That's JT. <laughs> but like for real, for real, I love I love seeing that. And I used to tell my little cousin, like, man, my, my husband's gonna be so dark. He's gonna be as dark as this. He's gonna be as dark as this. Okay. I I wish you all the black babies in the world, girl. I hope you just no catch all that nut, girl. Yeah. Um <laughs> So, um, because I appreciate the representation of Tony, we act like all black women are struggling. That's a fucking lie. There are a lot of black women with more privilege than some white people. And when you put a super privileged black woman up against a poor anything, them motherfuckers, it makes them feel incredibly uncomfortable <laughs> like how dare you how dare you foxtrot through harvard you know on the weekends in elementary school or whatever the fuck i don't know i'm spinning it out here but it's like the fact that people who have those experiences like i think within the community we don't know how to handle it and i think outside of the community we don't know how to handle it as well because it's not what we expect. It's not the imposition that society has created for us. So I think it's really dope that girlfriends challenge that. So I made a personal list of all of my favorite black women currently. It's not a complete list. It's ever growing. We're gonna revisit this conversation um, 100 times. Yeah, um, we can. Facts, end of the conversation. <laughs> So who do you have on your list, Lexi? Okay. So, my, of course, Regina King is at the top of my list right now because of the Watchmen. And so, like, I was looking at patterns. I'm always looking at patterns. And I'm like, every fucking role Regina King has played has been some boss-ass, black-as-fuck black woman from getting box braids, doing a whole movie of Friday. Like, she spent all of Friday with half her hair done. <laughs> <laughs> that's real as fuck I love that which is as huh? real as you can be to be honest like very Listen, intimate of the black world she spent a whole motherfucking movie with half a head full of box breaks and that's how she kicked her career off she played a, a ass whooping ass cop in Miss Congeniality and I love that no matter what role or who she's positioned next to she is black as fuck in all of them she is a black woman 
no matter what. She uses whatever dialect she wants to. She's not uppity, any of that. Like, she black as fuck. And like I said, she is kicking major ass in Watchmen right now. And not only is she kicking ass, she fucking a fine-ass black man on screen, which is goals enough. You got two white kids. Like, her kids on the show are some poor white man's kids. And she has kept them for herself. And that just tickles me bitch i'm there i am sent over the moon girl i'm spent again um but even still she was like the voice of both of the black kids on the boondocks so she was talking about black power education and enlightenment and yelling out nigga you gay and rap lyrics on the same show at the same time which one of you bitches is doing that duality you know what i'm saying like which I need an answer. I need a very clear answer. Which one of you bitches is doing that? Sid, do not you hear I. crickets? I, it's not I. Said it's cat. not I said the cat. So I fucking love her. My next favorite black woman is Viola Davis and her her Harriet Tubman walk girl. She knows she will. She got a hard ass walk and I love it. She plays the strong black woman. So tough, so dominant and no matter whatever she's doing. Like I don't care what she's doing. And I just think that's so dope for her. Like I love that she is the main character of a crazy ass double plot murder mystery where everyone thinks she's the fucking murderer. But meanwhile, she's the savior. Mm, ain't that just like a black woman? wearing a white hat and you know what shout out to Shonda Rhimes real quick like I know she refuses to have a same race couple but she has given us some amazing TV shows like Black Twist bitch ain't never listen we can talk about Grey's Anatomy we can talk about Scandal they all the black women and the black men refuse to have sex I don't know what that's about um but hold on (laughs) we gotta add in here I do appreciate Shonda I think She's done a lot for everybody. And I love that she's given a voice and showed us different hues. I love it. I love to see strong black women. And I love to see the depth of strong black women. How much. I love how well she shows. I love how she's able to translate how difficult it is to maintain a black the black woman struggle role especially with her role on how to get away with murder because not only is she actually the savior on the show not only is she the only real victim on the show because let's be clear they they killed her husband because he cheated on her and this is for the people who haven't caught up on the recent episodes because honey the plot is twisting but um and the fact that it takes a physical and emotional toll on you this girl has done everything on that show to keep them people alive but this is in real life my next favorite person is carrie washington and that's because she gives me perfect privileged black black woman she does she transitions that role of i was a ballerina i'm well groomed i know what to say i know how to use my dominance in a way with to accumulate power i fuck all the white men um give me that white penis (laughs) give it here White penises. I tweeted that before. <laughs> you did? You tweeted white penises, Sydney? No, white hats and white penises. Hashtag scandal. 
<laughs> Sydney has been on the verge of getting kicked off of Twitter for since the very first day she signed up, I'm sure. But I like I'm not, you know what? But I'm making it work. Okay. Listen, did he get to say what he want? Kanye get to say what he want? And motherfucking Trump gets to say what he want. So honey, you use your ERs, okay? But so Lexi made a point to tell me I wasn't rich enough. So just be throwing out the word nigger. Um, so I'm trying to chill out. Well, one day. Cause listen, I told like I feel like I said this before, like rich people look at stuff that's illegal as okay this costs me more to still do it so it's like and i'm not saying that a black person saying nigger with the er is illegal but somehow the algorithm is yet still set against us but um but yeah so it's like it's, when they looking at a parking spot and they like do not park here it's a 150 dollar fine that for them is a sales tag True. Oh, it only cost me $150 to park here. Let's do it. I can still do this. I can still do this. <laughs> so no, baby girl, not yet. That doesn't mean you will not become rich enough to use nigger in public or on the internet. Wait but on. as of right now, you have goals to work towards. Right. Right. That's it. <laughs> so back to our list. Another favorite yes. is Taji P. Henson. Obviously. Obviously. Because no matter what, she play a real ass black woman. Like, we got black as fuck. We got privileged as fuck. We got strong as fuck. But then you got that round away hood, real ass black woman. And I just, I love it. I'm really over Cookie Lion. I mean, obviously, I don't know what Juicy Smollett did to fuck that show up, but I'm sure he was in the middle of it. But um, she definitely always plays this real ass roles and it translates so well. And I love how it shows the representation of I could curse you out, sell drugs, go to jail, do a bit and still be a dope ass black woman, even if none of this shit actually happened. So thank you for pretending and to inspire me. <laughs> Not that I'm looking to do a bit, but she makes me feel confident that if I do go to jail for 17 years for moving my baby daddy dope, that I could still come out and like own a record label. Hell yeah. And you know who else? Like Angela Bassett, Lynn Whitfield. I feel like they are like my snooty aunties. Yes, well, yes, but yes, with Lynn Whitfield. Angela Bassett, I don't feel like she's snooty. I don't know what word I would, I put her as just like regal. Like I would like, I would want to go over Angela Bassett house and I would want to go over Felicia Rashad house. Like they're going to have a good wine and a good decor. And I feel like they're going to have like fresh lobster tails no matter when I go over there. Hell yeah, like... Like, I feel like they the women that raised Kerry Washington. Exactly. P- yes. And it all makes so much sense. I mean, Lynn Whitfield was so amazing in um, the Cinderella with Brandy. Huh? She was so amazing in the Cinderella with Brandy. Who was? Lynn Whitfield. 
You know, Brandon. I don't remember Lynn Whitfield being in, in the Black Cinderella. I think she was. <gasps> You're right, it was Whitney Houston. Another amazing black woman to shout out, bitch. What the fuck I need you to never do, or I am <laughs> snatching your black card. It's confused. Oh, you anyone's black card away from me. I had to tell someone that this week. <laughs> uh-huh. What'd you say? I said you can't snatch anyone's black card away. I had to say that earlier this week. To, uh, I'm taking yours. <laughs> I'm definitely me. taking yours for confusing Whitney Houston. Whitney motherfucking impossible Houston with Lynn Whitfield. So it's been a long day. Sid just be subbing in people. Girl, she just be subbing in people. Just put Lynn Winfield in it. She just, that'll work. Go ahead. Bitch, you absolutely. So for one, I absolutely love Whitney Houston. I had to take off work when she passed because it crushed me. Honey, she is my inspiration and my warning story for doing drugs. And ain't nobody have drugs. Ain't nobody do music like she did music. Is this why you always... Well, you know, we haven't referenced that Coke fried chicken in a minute. We have not. And that was more Bobby Brown than Whitney Houston. So Whitney Houston was raised a lot better than that. They were only buying the drugs. They weren't selling the drugs. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Listen to what I said. Bobby family was selling the drugs. Whitney family was buying the drugs. Okay, Bobby was selling them. Whitney was buying them. So they had different perspectives of it. But no, Whitney Houston 100% got Bobby Brown hooked on shit. Mm. And you know, I never, you know, I never saw her. The um, documentary. I saw all of the documentaries. The worst one was the Lifetime one. But the best one was the one that came out in movies a few years ago. Like, can I be me or let me be me or some shit. And Whitney definitely was doing drugs way, 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 way before motherfucking Bobby was. I'm sure he was on that shit, but he went on that expensive shit. Oh, that shit is that shit. My heart breaks Outside for Bobby. Outside of the chicken. <laughs> yes. My heart breaks for Bobby Christina. Like, whenever I think about her. Um, yes, I agree. I also feel like if you see it, I have this rule and it is, I have to be, you know, I can't be biased with it. But if you see two other people, like, I don't feel bad for the third crackhead. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. I heard you say that before. But people's environments like create who you know. So I I, I have the empathy for her because just like she was, only, she was so young when she passed too. She was like 21, 22. I think the Lifetime movie is the reason why she passed because that girl was fine up until that movie came out. That's right. Shit. So Lifetime, the blood is on your hands, bitches. Like the Aaliyah movie blood is on your hands the Whitney Houston movie blood is on your hands like yeah all of that okay climbing out of the rabbit hole so just how I said Felicia Rashad raised (laughs) Kerry Washington I feel like Viola Davis raised um Regina King and Taraji in the hood (laughs) (laughs) 
Don't write Cynthia as Ross. Bitch, Diana. The one and motherfucking only. Okay. The 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 Ross. Honey. Shout out to Aunt Ellis, Aunt Tracy Ellis, because she's truly rich bitch auntie goals. Um please. That's who I aspire to be. Like, let me be rich bitch auntie goals. I don't want to be poor bitch auntie goals no more. I want to be rich bitch auntie goals, just like Auntie Tracy. Yes. And of- like, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I feel like Carrie Washington. I feel like Carrie Washington acts like what Tracy Ellis Ross actually is. <laughs> I can see that. Like Tracy Ellis Ross really is a privileged, rich ass, groomed ass, fox trotting at Harvard ass black woman because of Diana Ross and whomever she had the kid with. But um, so I feel like if anybody acting like Tracy Tracy Ellis is inspiration for other actresses, a hundred percent. And also shout out to Shirley Chisholm, the first black woman to be elected into Congress. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Stacey Abrams, of course, politician, lawyer, and author who served in the Georgia House of Representatives. Um, and dope-ass girl boss, Elaine Marie Wither- Witheroth, who is the CEO of Teen Vogue. True. Just some, like... Black women excelling in all areas. We do this shit. Yes, unbought and unbought. Like she been telling y'all, she ain't been bothered for a long motherfucking time. Like she wrote the manuscript for that shit. So just you know what? If you a black woman, connect with other dope black women that you know. Their energy is there. Like, and I know we get drained sometimes, feeling like we always gotta be there for other people. But honestly, girl, and it's something I have to pay attention to myself. People need your energy. People need your refreshment. So you are just as valuable. You are somebody else's ancestors. So continue to make your way how you need to make it because it's going to inspire somebody else to make it how they need to. And somebody got to be the first at this shit. But trust me, it we just got to break the ground and keep going from there. So right. I am grateful to be a black woman. And like Dave Chappelle reminded us in that skit of the first black person to ever do something is just always going to be fucked up. And the first <laughs> black person who shit in a white person's bathroom. <laughs> Very immature. Hilarious. Um, I suggest you go check it out. That was funny though. That was fucking funny. Okay, so we always love to shout out ways of keeping yourself focused and supporting your community and and just checking in with yourself. And I'm always looking for like ways of being able to stay connected and refreshed on the go, especially with me being a transplant like you know 
it's real out here having to do a lot of stuff by yourself with yourself for yourself without support like how people who live around their families would get it that's a real fucking place so i found this app called the um selfish babe selfish babe app and i think it's really really cool because it's just another little app of affirmations but it's built by black women for to inspire black women and so i love the fact that it um every day like either on their social media or through like their like updates and notifications they send out a really just dope message just to stay keep your mind just focused on the things that are real you know what i'm saying like we have enough to be distracted by we got enough to be deterred by but who is telling you to keep your chin up and since we so in love with our phones i need our phones to be doing something that's positive for us you know what i'm saying so black girls white girls whomever girls go download this app called selfish babe app check it out um send us a dm tell us what you think if you repost some of their stuff tag the catnips because you heard it here first bitch so um fuck around with it what you think about it sydney don't you have it downloaded too i did download it and it's just so important like i always have to remind myself that i need to be tuned back into taking care of myself and how it's not healthy to try to cram, you know, five hours of work in and like two to three. I always have to remind myself of that. And so I like to read things that tell me to take care of my black ass. Like I need to be doing that. So I, we all need reminders. So definitely. We all need reminders. Yes. And I need, like, I need us to establish this narrative where it's popular to be balanced. Like, I've been grinding hard as an entrepreneur, honestly, since I was 18. And none of this shit has been easy. But when I'm at my best is when I'm the most balanced. And balancing requires me really telling and honoring all of me. Not just the things, not just the output, not just the demands, not just the career goals, not just the relationships. But the me that likes coloring books and watching cartoons sometimes, the me that knows that they need time just to be quiet and sit in like the house and chill with the cats and eat fried chicken sometimes. Like there are different parts of you that need love and support. And I think we push those things to the side when we feel overwhelmed by external demands. And it's like, no, boo, we got to structure this we gotta balance this we gotta schedule this accordingly like I know for myself like I used to be feel I felt really overwhelmed in some parts of this year because I was trying to accomplish 10 to 15 tasks a day and it was like and this is all my like things to do each day it's like bitch you really trying to knock out 10 to 15 how the fuck you gonna get all this shit done and just the anxiety the pressure of I need to get it done and I gotta get it done now made me less efficient and effective when doing it because I wasn't planning it out thoroughly so I really had to sit down and restructure my schedule to give days and times to different to the things that counted you know what I'm saying and really be like okay cool I can't I can't do that today I need to schedule things out and look at my schedule each week and say okay cool yeah you will burn out and it's not going to be fun like you're going to end up spiraling and something that I'm saying mostly for myself is um finding therapy is really important I know when I was in Oakland there were like some free places that 
would do therapy and granted like it's free so it's not gonna be like you know a deep dive like super deep however they're just really good reflective questions and it's always really nice to go talk to somebody who's not gonna be biased because like i mentioned earlier like when you go talk to friends and families and they say something that maybe you're not quite ready and vulnerable to address you may just write it off but from some person who doesn't even know like shit about you just they are able to objectively look at situations so um yeah i'm gonna look up and see if i can find some free therapy um actually you know usually universities since i'm in school i bet they offer some but within your different communities and cities i would advise just googling free therapy near me and i bet you you find some particular options and if you can afford like good good and splurge bitch look i'm splurge but if not i'm sure there are cheaper options listen you gotta do what you gotta do you know what what your life allows you to do but our goal my intention for you my my prayer for you is to be as balanced as you possibly can be and to find the resources where you are not balanced to to create balance like at the end of the day it's about balance because <laughs> like no money can't you know hold you at night but if you can afford a weighted blanket that's a lot better than not you know what i'm saying like and being single you know being in a relationship ain't the best or the worst thing but you got to figure out what's really going to be beneficial and impactful and developmental for your life and achieve your dreams and goals and shit like that and so in order to do that you're gonna always need that constant reminder that constant support system because if we burn if i'm burnt out i know you burnt out ain't no motherfucking way you know so it's like get what you need figure out how to create those resources i'm tired (laughs) but I'm saying that just because like Lexi is saying having those resources being in a place where you can be vulnerable to know where you need to find resources knowing that you can go ask somebody for resources like all that shit is okay because all those people who know that they had to ask somebody too you're going to be asking for shit for the rest of your life so it's good I told a five year old that the other day (laughs) like you you got a long life of asking for things you Raise, raise your hand, boo. <laughs> right. And we, like, that, I think just capitalism, our our fast-paced society teaches you that you should be able to do everything. You should. You should. You're, it's this imposition of you got to be able to handle everything. And truth of the matter is that's nobody that's anywhere got there without support. So don't be fooled into feeling like you can't ask for help or you can't say like I'm I need I need what I need when I need it. Like that's a real fucking thing, you know. And if you feel like you're around people who you feel like you can't ask for shit, you can't communicate shit, you can't be vulnerable with, I'ma wrap this up real quick. That motherfucker is not your person. They mm They not. They're not your people. And people are showing you exactly who they are. It's on you whether you're going to believe in it and continue to attach yourself to it. So now I've given you permission to say fuck them. You reword it however you need however you need to. And then, you know, make decisions that's really going to be beneficial to you. 
right? And just like Maya Angelou said, when somebody shows it, shows you who they are, believe them. Don't try to make up excuses or fix some shit or justify things with potential. I'm not going to dive into potential, but you know how I feel about it. Um, you got to see what you, you got to trust what you see. And there's, there's, that's, that, that's all it is. That's all it is. That's all it is. And I I get giving people the benefit of the doubt. I'm one of the most dangerously empathetic people I know because I can literally see shit from other people's perspective, like clear as fuck. But at the end of the day, seeing it from their perspective does not absolve them of accountability towards you. So if no matter how much you understand their circumstances, it's their responsibility to be accountable to their interactions with you. And if they not, you're telling them you don't have to be. Right. You're telling them, I don't, you don't have to respect me. I'll just figure it out. I can go get some respect from somewhere else. And they're going to continue to be disrespectful to you until you shift the narrative. Until you burn the house down. Listen, Lisa Lopez, I bet you that nigga never acted right. up afterwards. Period. So just being a vulnerable place, a place where you can find some vulnerability. If this is a brand ass new idea, take it easy. It's one step at a time. And we're trying to help you stay booked and balanced. And so speaking of that, booked and balanced, we need to formally invite you to our New Year's Day brunch. It is coming the fuck up because it's going to be New Year's in about 45 more minutes. Um, and I'm sure you've heard us talk about this before, but the brunch is designed to really connect you to all of the things we've been talking about tonight. Like we want you to connect with the ancestors. We want to connect you with who you are right now, let you be present with yourself and connect you with the new resources that you need in order to achieve your goals. So this brunch is it's an interactive brunch where you will be making vision boards while you eat this amazing food prepared by Chef Desi um, of Desi Date Nights. And while we're eating, like I said, we're going to be making vision boards and just chatting it up, connecting with one another. We're going to be baby girl and sissing and and damn, bitch, I love your vision board. Oh, you cut that picture out extra fire. Like it's going to be a lot of that going on. It's going to be a lot of um, just encouragement and empowerment. Like, damn, I want to travel too. Damn, I need to get my taxes organized this year too. Damn, I want to start saying. Like, it's going to be a lot of connection where whatever it is that you see for yourself is a resource available to say, okay, cool. So you want to save money. Well, let me introduce you to this financial specialist. And she's going to help you repair your credit. We can work on building your savings account. Whatever your goals are, I want to have somebody available to really just shine and support and empower you. So um, it's January 1st, 2020. I know your ass ain't going to be at work unless you unless you work at the strip club, maybe. Like, is that like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure everybody's going to be out. Listen, I can go to the strip club as soon as this is over. This show up early and we'll drop you off. Like, listen, I'm going to be full. Listen, Desi don't let nobody not be full. You're going to be full fucking with Desi. But 
yeah, so it's going to be really dope. So it's January 1st, 2020. The Eventbrite link is active, so you can purchase your tickets. The cost is $60, and that includes everything, your vision boards, your food, and even complimentary consultations with um, with the resources that we're going to have for available. So check us out. It's going to be at the Sexy Ass Trilogy House. Shout out to the whole Trilogy brand. They have been super fucking supportive of the catnips podcast from our launch parties to our new year's day celebrations and everything so we just want you guys to come out have a really good time and spend some time with a real nigga getting your life together because it's booked and busy shit go ahead i was gonna say there's so much again power and community like let's come together early in the year decide what the fuck we want 2020 to look like and we're gonna plan and execute we finna just tackle it all. Cause this whole booked and busy shit got us drinking way more caffeine than I Bitch. want to. It got me, girl, I ain't, listen, I've never been more stimulated in my life than I am right now. And this is not what I think about when I think about the word stimulate. Not how I want to. <laughs> So we're going to be much more intentional next year. So join us at the Book Talents Brunch. Um, we also have the Devil's Lettuce New Year's Eve dinner party. With Chef Desi again whipping it up. Everything. Whipping it up in the kitchen. Everything hot, wonderful, tasty, yum in your mouth. You're welcome. Um, everything will be cannabis infused. We'll have caffeinated beverages. We are, we'll have a shit ton of games. It's going to be a lot of fun. We got on deck. So if you're not thinking about what you're doing for New Year's Eve, which is literally like if the New Year's Day is 45 minutes away, New Year's Eve is like 15. 22. Right. It's already in the car. Like it's in the car on the way here. Did you Google Maps it? Because it's... Listen. You don't like right now, right now, New Year's Eve is like setting their Pandora station in the car before they drive off. They getting their playlist together. Bitches is buying their outfit now for New Year's Eve. So are you, if you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. If you stay ready. And that's invitation only. So DM us if you're trying to get in. Because not everybody can get in. Wow. Me out. So you can find us always, 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 always listen to seasons one, two, and motherfucking three of the Catnips podcast on all of the streaming networks, girl, from Google Play to to Apple Podcasts, to Spotify, to iHeartRadio, to Stitcher, to SoundCloud, and in 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 any time, in any time. Let's say you don't have that the phone, you want a computer, you can listen to us on Catnips Podcast dot com with the z as in fuck with us on the gram yep continue to send us all the cat videos y'all so y'all y'all be wildin but you know it's all good because we be wildin too (laughs) continue to watch our stories the catnips on ig facebook fuck with us there it is well we will see you next week let us know if you need anything hit us up in our dms and we are out bitch
I let these out. 